Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Okay. Hello. Hello, hello. Another week has passed and we have returned. Here we are to talk more about things in the soccer world. (laughs) (laughs) Um... We're almost two years in and we still don't know how to start we, in a way that okay, is In all honesty, though, this that was the worst one in a hot second. So, yeah, I think it's better. We, yeah. Anyway. I was deciding whether or not I was going to knit while we were doing it. And then I was like, no, because I can't count and talk at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's not, that'll not go well. I will end up all sorts of jacked up. Um, anyway. Um, I, another eventful week in the world of soccer. So we're going to get right on in. There's a plane going over me. Um, and we're going to start with the Premier League from this past weekend. So Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Um, let's begin with the Saturday games and then move chronologically through them. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you would like to discuss? Um, um, those. Well, I think Aston Villa beating Everton, Everton continues to struggle. Um, Their injury blows in week one, I'm certain, did not help them. But, yeah, struggling continues there. Um, On the other end of that spectrum, Arsenal continues to uh, play well. Score goals. Play well. I would like to say that um, after our start last season, where we, like, didn't score a goal and, like, you know, like three games or something ridiculous like that. Having an actual striker who's very good is helpful in the scoring goals aspect. Um, I wasn't able to watch this game live due to the fact I was moving, but um, we look strong. The thing, the score was 4-2 against Leicester. Uh, I think the really big thing that stood out to me was literally after both of Lester's goals we scored within like a couple minutes we scored two minutes after the first one and one minute after the second one if you're an Arsenal fan you may know that sometimes a team scores and then we fall apart and let them score about five more it clearly seems like that's not happening this year um the two goals on us too are kind of individual mistakes as well so unfortunate one was an own goal but I think that our ability to bounce back immediately and maintain that two goal lead made me a happy camper um and somehow we have six points out of two games who would have guessed yeah I think like I don't think I really have anything to say anything new to say about Arsenal I think it's all just sort of the same kinds of stuff we were talking about both last week and then also in our when we sort of talked about them preseason it seems like they're feeling good. They're looking good. We we will see see how it continues. Definitely think Gabriel Jesus is uh, enjoying himself, and uh, that's you like it when your striker enjoys himself. So, and I would like to say, as many Arsenal fans probably feel, this optimism we have now may not remain. Even within yeah. a couple of weeks, we may be like, "Oh my God, we suck." So let's hold on to it while we can and hope for the best. But I am currently optimistic. Um, some other leads are some other results. Brighton, Newcastle was 0-0. Um, Leeds blew a 2-0 lead to tie Southampton to 2 which is not ideal for Leeds. 
Um, but I think we're seeing it still start to come together a bit. Um, Leeds had a lot of problems scoring goals last year and they don't appear to be having the same quite problem now, but they do are sort of not as solid defensively as I'm sure Justin Marsh would like them to be. So I do think it's still, you know, sort of a work in progress leads, but they, I maintain they're still looking much better than they were last year. Um, Bamford did go come out hurt again um, early. I think it was in the first half. It was like 25 minutes in or so, um, which is not a, great for them. Yeah. Not great for them. Um, particularly it's, it's a, definitely a blow given, given how influential we've seen him be in the past. That being said though, um, it's not like in their first win or in this one that he was, or like, or in this game, the two goals that they scored that he was like the guy, they do seem to have other people now. They've sort of maybe done a little of adapting Rodrigo. Um, seems very happy to score goals <laughs> yeah so, which is something you'd love um, to see <laughs> yeah and I think it was another good good performance from Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson um and yeah I think we'd, we're just I think we're we're still seeing leads in a sort of they're still sort of sorting out who they are and what their identity is going to be and what and what that's going to look like but it does look to be the start of an upswing still I, I would maintain yeah um, I think that they I don't think fans or they as a team will be like too like scared by that like no they'll be like okay they won't love forward. they won't love that it was a two two they were up two and then gave up two goals to tie but right. that's not ideal but you know Southampton's a good Southampton's a good team so they're you know I, I don't think it's it's that's not a, the end of the world that's not ideal but I don't think in. that's a reason to panic yeah, yeah. um Wolves Fulham. Oh, in a second. Wolves oh, Fulham. I forgot about Wolves Fulham. I'm sorry. Was a 0-0. Um, I think that's a pretty good result, probably for Fulham. Fulham is now two ties against teams that likely most people yeah. would have expected for them to, to lose be to. to lose to potentially heavily. Um, so I think Fulham, while yeah, two ties doesn't seem like the greatest start. Um, I think from Fulham's perspective. Um, a tie for with Liverpool and then a tie with Wolves is is probably yeah. feeling feeling pretty decent, um, especially uh, given that this tie with Wolves was at Wolves. So a, a tie yeah. away at Wolves is they're probably fairly mm-hmm. happy with that, um, yeah. even if you know I'm sure they would have liked liked the win. Um, yeah. We can talk about the City Bournemouth. Um, honestly, not a ton to talk about in the sense that mm-hmm. it, City sort of. City dog walked them as they yeah. do. Um, it was four nothing city. Uh, goals from Gunwan De Bruyne, Foden, and then an own goal was the last one. Um, so worth noting, Holland did not score. He did assist. Um, he did assist. Um, but we had we had some nice. It was a nice haul for night. Good week for both Foden and De Bruyne, who both had a, had a goal, a goal and an assist. Um, and you know. I just like to give, I just like to pour one out for my guy, Jack Grealish, because I've never seen anyone genuinely enjoy Bob so much. He didn't start. He came off, he came off the bench in this game. Um, He was one of the only changes. I think he was the only change. 
um, to the starting lineup from the first week. Um, Mares came in and was playing rather than Graylish. Um, but he did come off the bench. And like, I just know he's a shit stirrer because, and, and, and part of it is the way he plays, he sort of invites it, but he just genuinely takes joy out of being hacked. Like you can't, we'll talk about this a little bit later. And I think you probably know, or, and, and if you're listening, you probably know what we're, I'm alluding to here, but <laughs> you know, hacking at guys is a way to get some players frustrated and it just doesn't work on Jack Graylish because he likes it. He's like, please <laughs> hack at me actually. Like I will laugh at you after you do like, and I just, I just get some joy out of that watching him do that because I just don't think he has any thoughts in his head. I, well, that is probably like, true. I would agree with so that. He amuses about, me. <laughs> about Jack yeah, so he amuses me. Um, and that's all I'm going to say on that. I don't, I don't have a ton. It I was a really, also, some good I, finishes. Yeah. I would say too, I think that city should be pleased to have a fourth, like not pleased, but be um, like, really liking their odds this season when you win 4-0 and Holland doesn't score. Um, yeah. Clearly they, I mean, they did it last year without him. They clearly know how to produce goals. But I and do they're not think... solely relying on him. Yeah. Um, and him as- giving an assist too shows that he's still involved in the attack. So. Yes, I, I, I agree. I think there's something to be, I, I, I don't know that any, City fans really doubted this, but I do think there were some discussions of, you know, is City going to change the way they play completely? And I think this 4 nothing win where Holland is, does not score any goals um, is sort of a, a testament to that City still is going to share the wealth. Yeah. Um, it is not going to be Holland is the only guy that scores. Um, obviously, it would have been great to see him on the score sheet, um, but you know, him getting bagging an assist is great. And, you know, he's still, he is still probably settling in a little bit. Well, we're happy to, to let that happen. Um, especially if we're going to, you know, be winning for nothing. So yeah. it's to see that. Um, yeah. On to and the other Manchester game. The other, the other for nothing game. Um, <laughs> Brentford beat the living shit out of Man United, which was, hilarious it was um so that makes man U 0 for two um in the first two games of the season with a negative six goal differential i believe um and a let me see was that is that correct negative five excuse me goal differential and dead fucking last last place and i know it's two games in and blah 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 blah. but this was uh, a mess they are a mess there's not a single thing there that is going right right now and i don't know how they possibly fix it like because it's like what is what is the where are they losing blood the fastest, right? Like, is it, I feel like at this point, you can't be blaming their their coaches because they've gone through how many coaches recently so and it hasn't made it a hasn't difference. It hasn't changed anything. 
like three coaches now, I guess, I suppose, where they've been a mess yeah. and it's just yeah. nothing is it. So it's clearly not a management issue, right? Like no. a coaching issue. No. Or at least not primarily a coaching issue. And you don't really you can argue that being said, right? Like you don't no, really, you don't, the you don't, but it's interesting actually that you, I have heard some, some sort of backtracking on some former coaches from United when the, the blame had been placed on some coaches, I believe, where they're like, actually, you know what, given the circumstances, maybe they did actually do okay. Um, so that's mostly what I've been seeing rather than it has, I've not really seen any sort of real slander of Ten Hag. Um, I, they seem to be, but it's like, it's like, where does their issue start? Does their issue start with attitudes in the dressing room? Is the, the Cristiano Ronaldo, the alleged Cristiano Ronaldo, Harry Maguire feud, like the big problem is Cristiano Ronaldo who can't stop running his mouth about how the press doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about, which probably is true, but he can't just mind his own business and keep, you know, and, and he's the idea that he's not sniffing around other clubs. Like, come on, we all know you are Cristiano. Like, yeah. it, it, like, is that the problem? Is it just that they have 80,000 wingers and nobody else? Is there like, what happened to the Bruno Fernandez of three years ago? Where yeah. is he? Like He's disappeared is what's happened. Like I, where is the Marcus Rashford of several years ago? Like, yeah. why, why are we not getting, they have players that we have seen perform historically. Yeah. And yes, not as many. And I do think there are some players that have never performed well or have always been overrated, mm-hmm. but there, they do have players that historically performed well for them. Yeah, like no, that's the I I've been sh- most shocked so, about Rashford. I like, yeah, like what's I'm going with, Ra- and with Rashford and and Bruno Fernandez and and I think that Bruno Fernandez was a, a bit overrated. Yeah, when he was playing really well and people got you know United fans got super hype on them as as they are wont to do, but even then he was a good player. Like I yeah. don't, I just like don't know. Clearly, there's something going on behind the there's scenes. A, there's clearly something going on behind the scenes, and there's a culture issue of, of whatever, and I don't, like, it seems to me like they almost need to just scrap the whole thing and start from, start over. Because, like, they need, and that starts with getting the Glazers out, right? Like, I, right. Like, well, I think yeah. they need a new, they need new ownership. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, pressure has obviously been you know man united fans have been calling for new ownership for for years that's that's not new but i think it's become increasingly clear to everyone else at the club that it's literally just not working like and that if they want to have any shot of maintaining any sort of global brand they need to get new ownership like i and i think like like i think it was i saw recently that liverpool this year finally overtook 
Man U as the most like popular Premier League team in the oh, US. I yeah. think it was. I don't know what how they base that. I think it's on like like jersey sales. Jersey sales. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Um, I forget. I think they said how, but I, I forget mm-hmm. what it was. I didn't care that much. But like I think <laughs> that's that's but I think that's noticeable. Like if you think back to when you and I were kids, right? Like if you were gonna see a Premier League jersey out yeah. in the wild. It was a Man U jersey nine yeah. times out of ten. Yes, that's probably true. And I think that that has shifted dramatically. Yeah. Um, and not to like, and I and I I'm talking about this more from an objective standpoint than anything else. But I find it really interesting that we're now getting these these city is now bringing in these players who, and, and Foden. Holland is another example, and um, their their new signing, um, what's his Alvarez. name? Alvarez. No, the new oh. new one. Oh, I didn't um, know there was another one. Yeah, the defender, Sergio Sergio Gomez. Is that his name? Is that correct? You would know better than I. I literally just followed him on Instagram. I'm just stupid. Oh. Yeah, Sergio Gomez. Um, it, it, uh, they these are guys who are boyhood city fans. Or like guys who liked like there are there are photos of them as children, yeah, in city jerseys, which is not something that we've really seen before now, um, but we are now seeing and and people see this and they're like oh my god what, but we are now seeing a generation of people basically people who are younger than us. If you're any older than us, if you're any younger than us at all, you and I, you probably don't remember a time in the Premier League where City were not in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Right? Like, I think you and I probably remember, at least I do remember a time when, like, nobody really was talking about City in sort of any sort of title contention way. Yeah. Um, but if you're much younger than us, or at least more than a year or two younger than us, you probably don't remember that. Yeah, um, that's a good point. And so there's this whole, and I mean, we're talking... Phil Foden is a couple years younger than us. Mm-hmm. Like, realistically, this generation of fans of soccer are not are growing up with City as an established team, and everybody likes to get up in arms about history and and money and all that jazz. And and okay, but the reality of the situation is that the landscape has changed. That City is now a global brand, right up there with your fave club insert club here like yeah and and i think that man united fans for a really long time for the past you know several years 10 years probably have been very much in denial about this they want to maintain that their club is the biggest club in manchester they're the biggest club in they're the biggest english club um all this and all that and and this sort of start for man U has i think in some ways been a reality check in the sense that maybe we're not what we've historically been. And what do we do about that? How do we handle that? And whether it's for the fans or for the club or what, I feel like this sort of breakdown of the last calendar, of the calendar year of 2022 thus yeah. far, like has been sort of a, a very sort of unpleasant wake up call. <laughs> um, that they need to do something different or they are going to become obsolete. Yeah. I will say, um, 
uh, it's been really interesting to look at this from the perspective of this is where Arsenal was a year ago, right? They had lost. It wasn't though. Hold on. Wait. They, they had lost their first two games and there were a lot of calls and I, I'm not saying it's exactly the same, but they were at the bottom of the league and there was a lot of questions surrounding what the hell was going on with the team. And this documentary that I've actually started watching finally that I can speak to, mm-hmm. it's been really interesting because it's all the behind the scenes of all of that. Yeah. Um, and I think that the thing about Arsenal that's been has always been frustrating for me is, is that they used to be really good and now yeah. it's taken years for them to rebuild. slowly rebuild but yeah. under Arteta they're doing it I think in the right way and they're building a team and a base and not trying to go too fast even though maybe to the like maybe fans are upset about that like I think that United is in this place where it starts with the ownership but it like and everything they were saying is right. They just need to understand. They need to take steps. But taking steps isn't going to be, in my opinion, going out to try and buy another like top player who's probably not going to fit into your team. Right. Um, and yeah, like Man United isn't the top Premier League team. Like I would say City definitely, but like Liverpool probably has overtaken them as well you know like in like yeah I mean I think what we were just what I was just saying about like popularity in the U.S. like but I think I think the different I think maybe last year's comparison to Arsenal's maybe not the best in just I think your overall point I understand what you're saying like long term I think I agree with you but I think like sorry I'm like getting ice um on a more sort of short-term scale like I think Arsenal's rebuild had already started before last That's year. That's like, a good point. That's a good point. And like yeah, Arteta was already in charge. And, and where Arsenal had ended the season the year before versus like how Man U was looking towards the end of the season. Like I just think the circumstances That's a good point. aren't That's quite a good point. the same. I think, I think it's a reality, like, an immediate reality check yes. more for United at this point. I think Arsenal fans had already, Arsenal, you're right, like, had already accepted that fact probably like three or four years ago. I was gonna say I feel like Arsenal's decline was a bit slower too. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. it was not such a like meteoric downfall. I feel like Man U has been like Man it U was not has... that long ago that Man U was finishing second. Like it was just yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah, that yeah no, that's a very good point. They're really at you the know? beginning of this, but I think that they have to. I mean, I think they have to give their manager the time to try and figure it out but I I don't know I guess the other question is I don't know who like the who's the player in the locker room who's gonna like be the leader and like figure this out I I I don't think there is one I think one of the yeah I think one of the problems is that there isn't one yeah that they don't have there's no there doesn't appear to be a, a sense of camaraderie yeah, amongst the team all. that like we're win or lose we're together like we're exactly. we're a unit um and, and sort of speaking to that unit thing um uh we read an interesting article this week about about leads um and per, and specifically about <laughs> jesse marsh doing team huddles 
um, <laughs> I that which so I thought was a really funny part of that, be, part of part of that article that we were reading and, and sort of the English perception of the fact that he's doing team huddles. Um, because I've always sort of like felt like I've seen teams do it. It's like when they get in a circle and they talk, like teams do that. Like I didn't Jesse think Marsh it was did not that invent weird do that. For, like in, Europeans no, football, I've, seen, I've seen but European maybe because he teams called it a <laughs> I guess maybe it's the term huddle. I'm like, I see, I, I've seen them do it yeah. with somewhat frequency. <laughs> so I thought that part was kind of funny, but basically we read an article this week about sort of the Americanization in parentheses or sort of the Americans in leads and there are three of them. So it's not like it's an over overhaul, but, and sort of the lead, the average street level leads fan perspective um, on the sort of Jesse Marsh and Brendan Aronson and Tyler Adams sort of over the course of, I think about two days leading up to their opening game um, at Ellen road and, and then immediate aftermath of that game. Um, it was a really interesting article. Um, I'll probably retweet it onto the um, podcast Twitter account if you're listening and you want to read it, but um, there, there was just an interesting but it, it sort of reminds me of, of there's something about that. And, and, and people love to make the Ted Lasso jokes, but like in this, but in that, like in that sense though, like Ted Lasso, not to, I, and I hate bringing Ted Lasso into legitimate, you it's know, legitimate football conversation, football discourse, but, but, okay. but, th- but in this, in this scenario, I think it does make sense in, in the sort of like in the, in the world of Ted Lasso, what Ted Lasso brings to the club that he's coaching is the sort of win or lose we do it together exactly. this sort of like yeah and and you know people have spoken to sort of Jesse Marsh sort of introducing a similar type of of mentality at Leeds and i think it's interesting that they've ascribed this ta- this like mentality to americanness because i don't think it is i think there are lots of other coaches um that view it that way like I know Pep does like Pep is always a we're a team we win as a team or we lose as a team there are no individuals that's why if you get out done at practice you get replaced in the starting lineup like that's I so I don't think that's necessarily an American thing I don't know why it's really being like posed as such in the case of Jesse Marsh and Leeds but I, I do think that is what United is missing at least in a sort of like something that they could short-term fix, like yeah. is a, is the mentality in the locker room. It looks like you've got a bunch right. of egos and a bunch of like, and it's- Everyone's it's on just, a separate a island on the pitch and no one is- Yeah, and nobody's in all. Yep. And you're seeing that, right? Because like objectively Brentford on paper is not individually- yeah, if you stack up United, but clearly they're a team. If you so yeah, absolutely. If you stack up players on Brentford and player on Man United in one v ones, like you're the Man United player is probably going to win. But in an right. in ninety minutes, eleven on eleven, there is no sense of cohesion with United, and then you see what happens. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. Um, not a United fan, but like wouldn't care to see something happen. I think but. it'll be interesting to see to see how the rest of the season goes because I just don't think that 
the fans and and the club and and anybody will just let it lie yeah like they're gonna do it might start with new ownership so it'll be a good thing to maybe try and keep an eye out on it's a it's an elon musk made a joke about buying man united well i just he He tweeted yeah he sucks um he just shouldn't can he just stop sticking yeah he's the worst yeah he's the worst but he like tweeted something random then he's like also i'm buying man united and people were like wait really and he was like no it was a joke um which you know not gonna lie i think there could be there could be some actual valid legitimate offers to buy united yeah and i think there's been some chatter about like what the glazers might sell it for like what we're looking at in terms of like when potentially sales people are starting to talk about it um in a in a very sort of legitimate way so i we'll we'll see what happens i i do think things are going to happen um i agree and i honestly would not be shocked if they brought in some like random people (laughs) In the next couple of weeks, I did hear that they're sniffing around a loan move for um, or they're sniffing around Christian Pulisic with a loan move, which again seems stupid. They have so because many. He's wingers. not any better on paper than any of the other bajillion wingers they have. No. Um. Evidently, there's some sniffs around Weston McKinney, but I just there's no way in hell Weston McKinney he started to- for Juventus. Well, that was, that's the whole Frankie de Jong like saga. Who's going to go to the shit show? Why, why would Weston McKinney to go to the shit show that is United when he's starting at at Juve? Like, I, no, I don't understand. it's not like we're talking about he's in a position like he, unlike Christian Pulisic, is in a position where he's getting regular playing time, right? Like in a yeah. World Cup year, he's not leaving. Who does to go to the shit show that is made? Like, let's no. But what? Well, but be real. Thing, right? I think that's their problem. Also, is that no one now. Why would anyone want to go there? Like, why would anyone? Yeah, and then like- Frankie, the Frankie De Jong saga is is complex on both sides of it because there's shit going down at Barca too that I don't want to touch with a ten foot pole because I don't understand what the fuck is going on there. But, but like, they're sniffing around Frankie De Jong, and I'm like, yes, I do think they have midfield problems in the sense that West McKinney and or Frankie De Jong would help them, <laughs> but. Why would either of those players be motivated to go there right now? With there's, what, nothing, there's nothing calling them towards that. There's team. nothing. There's nothing in compelling about leaving a spot where that you're relatively settled at and, and happy where you are to go to United right now. So I don't know what we're going to see the next couple of weeks, but. I think something. We're gonna see something. Something so, hopefully happens. Needs. I don't know. Um, anyway, moving on. We'll we'll talk again next week. Um, we'll see. I'm what sure. Um, but move, um, moving on from that. Um, on Sunday. Um, my team, my secondary team, who I love for their name and logo, Nottingham Forest, beat West Ham. One very very good win. Very very good win for them. Yes, West Ham's a good team. I um, feel like West Ham's trying to just like get their bearings about them a little bit still. It just yeah, like, they, they don't look bad. They just seem like they need I, like their I mean, footing. I think I think West Ham having to play City right out the gate is yeah was less than ideal. Um because they had they then, you know, and they played City at home. So then they're, you know, 
They also have played by... two away games in a row now. No, they City West Ham played at home against City. City was oh, away. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I yeah. got confused. Um, so that's you know less than ideal. <laughs> yeah, you know? I, I, I mean, I yeah, I, if I, I, I would not be just, panicking, like as a West Ham fan, as I would be if I was a Man United fan. That's my. No, I would agree. Um, um, yes, it's two losses, but I think it's. I agree. Um, Chelsea Spurs. There was some. Did you watch was, any of this game? No, I I watched the like highlights of the spat that happened, and then like the hilariousness of. I like watched like the extended highlights. I was entertained. Yeah. So this game did not let down no. for the, you know, they were, you know, hyping it as the headline game of the weekend. It did not, did not let you down <laughs> for that. There was certainly drama. Um, obviously the biggest drama being the, the late game winner and Kane allegedly yanking Kukurilla's hair on that goal. Um, or was it Kane who it was, or it was a Kane goal. Yeah, it was a Kane goal. It was somebody else who yanked his hair. I forget who. But anyway, so then the, the Chelsea fans were all up in arms about that, including Tuchel. And then Tuchel and Conte get very close to fisticuffs at the end of, at the, end of the match. Um, Wait, <laughs> did you see the second altercation? Um, where like they go to shake hands. What wait? What was the first altercation? That's the only altercation I know. No, where they went to shake hands and, and two yellow goals. cards on the sideline where they ran at each other in the middle of the game. Oh, I missed that. Well, two went running down the sidewalk. That was on close goal. with the yellow cards, wasn't it? What I don't honestly. This game was so okay. Hold I on. thought okay. Hold someone, on. I don't know what. Tweet at us if I'm wrong about this. I couldn't tell you. No, but you might very well be right. I, I just don't. Some, there was something I didn't watch the, the whole game where they're in each other's faces. Then Tuchel runs down the sideline in front of the Spurs bench to celebrate Chelsea's goal, and then at the yeah, end, he like Mourinho'd it. Yeah, and at the end, they like go to shake hands, and then Tuchel like vice like gripped on Conte and like doesn't let go. Of yeah. His hand. Okay, so. I don't know if they just don't report coach cards in the like on the app because it doesn't say anything about their any yellow cards during the game for either of them, but I know they both got red carded at the end. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that was because, because Tuchel, it was like their second yellows, I thought. Maybe. I thought they were straight red. Uh, maybe they, they were. That would be I don't hilarious know. if we got a straight red at you. I, maybe they didn't get yellow cards, but they definitely had a spat. No, they were definitely going at each other the whole game. Yeah. But I don't know that they got, I don't know. Maybe don't they know. didn't get have their red cards. Sorry. It doesn't have their red cards in the app either. So if they did get yellow carded in the middle of the game, it, I guess it wouldn't be here. But um, anyway, anyway, point it being. Was entertaining. They have Tuchel and Conte, and then and then Tuchel was running his mouth in the post game interviews, and then do you see what Conte posted on his Instagram story? It's like, entertaining. Was, Honestly, like I don't Conte like Instagram about, story but... took me out. Conte Instagram that took me out. I was like, this is some middle school girl shit. Like this it's... is hilarious. Dude, uh, I just like wouldn't have expected it. Like it's just very funny. Like something must have like been said off. And Conte, honestly, they both sort of, they've never struck me as, like, no, fight on the sideline kind of guys. Well, they don't. Like, like I wouldn't have thought 
wouldn't have been like, oh, the, like the first manager altercation of the season is going to be those two. Like, it just doesn't really line up. Like it felt, the whole thing felt very, and on, from both of them, it felt like very Josie Mourinho. Yeah. Like Josie Mourinho would post on, on Instagram like that. Yeah, he would. But that's Josie Mourinho would grab the arm like yeah. Tuchel did. Like yeah. it, it, it's, it's like, I don't know. It was it was wildly entertaining i'll tell you that it was entertaining um. <laughs> it was fun um and a tie i mean like i think that that's a fine result for both of those teams i don't think that either of them has to really worry. well i think um I no think I, I don't either comeback was i mean that I, 90 I, plus six goal is nice i will say another thing that's hilarious about this whole thing is that um Tuchel running his mouth about Anthony Taylor, the referee, after the game. His comments were hilarious and definitely got him fined. I don't know if officially if he got fined. Like I, I haven't seen it anywhere, but I'm sure he did. Probably. <laughs> um, but apparently, Chelsea fans have started a petition <laughs> to like stop Anthony Taylor from ever being able to referee a Chelsea game again because they've decided that Anthony Taylor specifically has a um vendetta against chelsea i don't know if there's a history there i i've i feel like, like every mu- season anthony taylor is like the enemy of a different team i feel like that too <laughs> like i, I feel, feel like, like i've definitely year, hated him as an arsenal fan i think anthony taylor just likes to fuck around like <laughs> i think he just i don't think he hates a specific club i think he hates i think he's just here for the chaos I mean, honestly, like, that would be legendary if he was. Like, I don't think, because I feel like, well, you're right. Like, I feel like every year somebody else is, like, calling for Anthony Taylor's head. Um, I don't know personally, my Premier League referee nemesis is Martin Atkinson. Yeah. If yeah. I ever see that man, it's on site. <laughs> um, he's per- <sighs> my personal nemesis. But anyway, it was a I do feel like everybody thing. always has beef with, but anyway, and there's, like, like over ten thousand signatures on this Anthony that's Taylor. Hilarious. That's actually funny. I didn't know that petition. Yeah, it's <laughs> hilarious. It's so funny. Um, it um, was all. It was also like a good game of soccer too. Yeah, but that yeah. also just made it dramatic. Like, aside, even yeah. more hilarious in the end. Um, and a fun like you know second, um, second week already. That was like a great yeah. game between top clubs. Absolutely. So. Um, can't complain. And then Monday. Monday, Liverpool, Crystal Palace. If you heard this line, me, who would you think let me would set, win? <laughs> let me set the scene for you, Rachel. Oh, so, okay. Monday, I'm, ready. I'm in the office, right? For those of you who don't know me, I only go into my office two days a week. I work from home most of the time. So I'm in the but office. But she still watches Monday. her Premier League games even when she's in the office. This is true. But. Which is fine. I was on duty um which I'm not going to explain for the the viewer but basically or listener but so the game started I don't know what time my time it was at 11 11 maybe it was either at 11 or 1 my time I think it was at 1 probably anyway I was otherwise occupied basically at work so I to say so I was not watching I also like didn't necessarily feel like I needed to go out of my way to watch Liverpool Crystal Palace. I thought I probably knew what the result was going to be. Exactly. And then I get a text from my father. <laughs> this text reads, are you watching Liverpool? 
when, she, when you get a text like that from any soccer person that you know, you know, you need to understand this about game. my dad. My dad, A, knows that I deeply hate Liverpool. My dad also. So my dad does not, will not claim allegiance to any particular Premier League club. That but my sisters sketchy, and I. May I say. No, he doesn't. He just doesn't. Like, he doesn't own any Premier League merch of any team. Um, And, and if you ask him, would he's a Barca guy. Um, yeah, that's true. But if you hear him talk about the Premier League or who he pays attention to, or when he's sitting down and watching games, like I have, even, I have indoctrinated him. He's a city fan. Do you just say he that because, admit like, it. you've been like the fan of that team the longest, and you've gotten to him for longer I, than your yes. sisters have gotten to him? Well, I also think I'm a little bit more invested and sort of involved than my sisters are not not to say my sisters are not fans yeah they are yeah but they don't I engage with my dad a lot more talking about soccer and so and I also think like my dad is a very big fan of he he likes to talk he likes to support teams that he likes the way they play right Right. like he likes the style of play so he really likes and, and, and you know most soccer people can respect that city plays a very nice style of football yeah Right. And so, so I think at the end of the day, like my dad, my sister says, my sister actually, one of my sisters actually said it first. She was like, dad's a city. But the moral of it is that he texted you. Moral of it is he texts me, are you watching Liverpool? And I know that it's something I'm going to (laughs) like. Unlike, unlike if one of my acquaintances, friends and or relatives that are Liverpool fans had texted me, are you watching Liverpool? It would have been a different yeah, expectation. But when my dad texts me, basically he's saying something terrible is happening to Liverpool. You are going to enjoy this. Yes. Um, the answer, of course, was no. And then, you know, I hurry myself back to my computer and I, the game was over, but I went to check out and see what happened. So Rachel, why don't you tell the listener what happened? Um, there was a tie, one-one, um, mm-hmm. but that is not the biggest news, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. The biggest news is that Darwin Darwin Nunez, who was like you know like Liverpool's big striker signing, it was all like him versus Holland, whatever, um, has gotten a red card for headbutting someone in mm-hmm. the fifty-seventh minute. Mm-hmm. when Liverpool was down one nothing Liverpool at the time was down by one nothing they end up um Luis Diaz did play a Which, very good game yeah I was gonna say it's a very it's a very nice goal um, um it's Luis a beautiful Diaz. goal um and like great like I I think I he's think a very good player and I like him but I just biggest... think he uses the red card headbutt situation yeah. there are two big takeaways from this game in my opinion one is that Liverpool have given up exactly as many goals as they have scored this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes you wonder. Their defense hasn't changed at all. Anyone. And the only thing they're missing from their offense is Sadio Mane. So is it possible that the hero of the Liverpool front line was not, as everyone liked to say, Mo Salah, but was in fact Sadio Mane. 
The other thing is, every Premier League defender watched the highlights of that game and went, okay, so now I know what I'm going to do to Nunez. <sighs> yeah. I think uh, there are some questions that Liverpool has to answer. I think that they probably have the capacity to do so. Mm-hmm. But I don't really know what they are. <laughs> I've seen people do a real quick 180, I feel like, on Nunez after this game. And I think that is perhaps unfair. But I think it is unfair not for them to feel the way that they do about his performance in this game. But it was unfair because I think he was hyped too high in the first place. Yeah, that's a very I think yeah. the expectation that he was going to be on par. And again, we're two games in. I know that. But this sort of like, I feel like they almost set him up for failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. I because I've seen it I've seen a significant I feel like last this time last week everyone was up his ass about how good he was and now they're all like overrated overhyped he's not Mane overrated overhyped he's not Mane I knew he was trash the whole time blah blah blah, blah. he's well, only I think also thing. just fans are so like I mean like fans are fans no, are... but I, I, I agree but it's not fans necessarily that I'm talking about it's more like it was fans who were hyping him up but I think there's a lot of there's a there's a handful of um, soccer people that I follow that are not um, that they're like professionals in the in the industry, um, but that tweet a little bit more informally. Um, that I really enjoy their takes, and I don't always agree with all of them. But there were a handful of of tweets by by this sort of group of people or genre of people, I suppose, that were saying like, look, this is not wildly unexpected to us. Um, And I don't know that it's necessarily fair to make a judgment call on any player from any team after two games. I don't think Um, you can. I think it's wrong to do that. But I do think we, we're now seeing that this is not a, a cut and dry case. I, I think we're seeing what I suspected all along, which is that Nunez is a young player who is still developing. Which is fine. Which I think is what I said when they signed him. It was like, he may very well be on par with Holland. But to discuss him in the same as the same right now feels premature. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and I would say that his, there was quite a bit in this, and, and I know they're similar in age, but I'm not necessarily talking about age. I think there's uh, the, his performance, I think showed a, a bit of lack of maturity, which is not inexcusable for a young player. By no means is it inexcusable. But it does sort of, I, I think it does sort of highlight that a little bit. And that's not to say he won't learn from this and he'll never, and, you know, it may very well be he learns from it. He never does it again. And we never see something like that again. Yeah. But he's going to have to really learn from it because now every defender in the Premier League is going to harass him like that. Yeah. I think yeah. Crystal Palace's Anderson put on an absolute masterclass of how to harass a center forward. 
Yeah. Um, and every defender in the Premier League is going to do that. So he better learn from it because if he doesn't, he's going to be sitting a lot of games. Um, yeah, that's that's sort of my my biggest comment on that is I don't think it's necessarily and and look at me being charitable towards a Liverpool player. Um, I don't oh, yeah. think it's an indictment of him as a player um, necessarily. I do think it sort of highlights that he is still a young developing player. Yeah, and we will have to see whether this is something that he can outgrow because yeah. it isn't for everyone. Not every player is not able everyone. to outgrow. But I I, I mean I guess. For my, I, I would hope that he does. And I hope that Klopp, for as much as he can, can help him manage that. Yeah, and, and I would think, I mean, as much as I dislike the guy, he's a good manager. Like, he yeah. should be able to, he should you know, be able to do that. that. I would, and Klopp yeah. is also, and Klopp also has extensive experience with young teams and developing yeah. young players yeah. from Dortmund and, and, and yeah. his. I don't, know, think, I don't think, I don't think that this is. So, I, don't, I again, step, not an indictment. happened, I think that they can move forward from it. And it'll be okay. Absolutely. But I do think it puts, I think, I do think it puts him in yes. a little bit more perspective. Yes. That I think is yes. perhaps a little bit more accurate of a perspective than was previously sort well, of discussed. We originally. I would also like to say they are playing United next week. Entertaining yes. game. One of them. I... <laughs> I... Well. We will decide. One streak is going to be broken. One <laughs> either man or lost. Yeah, one of them. Or will, uh... Liverpool's tying streak. One of them. One of them will be broken. Um, I'm going to say, despite the two ties, my money is still on Liverpool to win this game. Yes, me too. Um, me too. I expect Liverpool will be hungry for a win, and Menu is demoralized in a way that I don't think two ties demoralize. Liverpool. Liverpool, the same yeah. way these losses are demoralizing for Manu. Yeah. And I think that given how Manu has been demoralized, if Liverpool, but I will like, I will asterisk that next to given how Manu has been demoralized, if Liverpool don't win, yeah. I think it is a bigger loss to Liverpool to not win this game than it is for Manu. Oh, I, would, I would agree with that statement. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Like, I think Liverpool. I expect Liverpool to win, but if Liverpool doesn't win, I think it is more of a statement on the state. It is it is worse for Liverpool than it is for Man Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we will see. Um, there are a lot of good games next week at weekend, so we'll talk about them next week. Um, yeah. But we're going to move on now to a quick like check in over all of Europe. Uh, most other leagues other than the Premier League had their first games this weekend. Um, and there were a couple of notable things we wanted to discuss. So do you want to talk about Dortmund um, real fast? Yeah, it was the second week of the Bundesliga as well, but Dortmund played on Friday and I did watch 90% of the game. <laughs> and what's interesting about what, the fact that I watched about 90% of the game is that when I stopped watching the game, there were, um, I believe, about 20 minutes or so left. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dortmund looked a mess. Um, they did not look good. And they were playing like shit. And I'm trying to find the exact times. In a moment, though. 
Um, yeah, about 20 minutes. It was, there were just under 20 minutes left. Um, they were down to nothing. I probably left 75th, 76th minute. So there are 20, 25 minutes left. And because I had to go do something. But I was like, this game is over. Dortmund's playing like crap. It's We're down to nothing. There's 25 minutes left. We're done. Um, and then I come back to Twitter about half an hour later. And I find out that Dortmund won three to two. Yep. See, these things happen. These things happen. They always happen. The moral of the story is when you get called away with 20 minutes left, don't think you know how the game ended. Um, So I I do think um, Dortmund then, you know, that's two wins out of two for Dortmund going at the start of the Bundesliga season. So they are um, tied at the top of the league with Bayern right now. Obviously, again, only two games in um, and down on goal differential because Bayern have won by a lot but um anyway suffice it to say Dortmund um is not interested in laying down and I and I really like those when those scrappy wins Dortmund does this kind of thing all the time time. not all the time a lot of the time somewhat frequency (laughs) like where I'm not surprised that that happened like no they do have more comeback wins than anybody who supports Dortmund would be comfortable with yes um But yet they they keep doing it. So again, we will see how things shake out. But just a, just notable there, um, it, it, Mukoku, uh, who is the young forward at, at Dortmund, has looked very very promising. Looks yes. really really good. Adiemi seems to be settling in all right. So we'll see how how the rest of per the usual goes for Dortmund, they have a lot of good per young usual. Players. Yeah. Um, um so it'll be fun i would also like to say the, the other bundesliga news oh yes um was that timo werner went back to leipzig and already scored so yep um that's all i gotta say so that, is it a timo werner problem or is it a chelsea problem you Which decide is it i would also um, like to say uh Lukaku, i think it's a um, neither problem his it's other team style too, of play problem and he scored as well so so is the problem chelsea's midfield May yes. you tell me we'll leave that up to the listeners to decide um anyways um yeah so um in other news la liga had its first week this week barcelona did manage to register for their, their players. players yeah barely um, so it was coming in late barely. at night. It was coming but, in at the at the but deadline. It happened. But they did manage to register their players. How I could not possibly tell you. Do not ask me about the financial situation at Barcelona. No, I don't understand. I understand that at all. Um, so. I our degree, we did science and humanities degrees. We don't know math. <laughs> don't <laughs> know ma- it's not even math. It's no, like we don't know financial financials. Financing, I don't. That's do confusing math. to me. No, nope. you. I might as well be. But, it is, but it's also yeah, very no, confusing. Not, it seems to the Barcelona executive. So maybe it wouldn't. It be seems that bad like everybody's just confused. Very so confused. I don't necessarily feel bad about being confused, but I don't want to touch the situation with the ten foot pole because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. No, we'll, so we'll discuss um, once someone. Suffice it to say, once it's done. <laughs> once it's done, if somebody breaks it down for me and Perfectly, like, we'll like, discuss it on this. Uh, you know easily digestible understanding yes. then sure we can talk about it but until that happens 
um, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to what I know, which is Barcelona tied. <laughs> um, it'll be fun to keep watching. I, I wasn't able to watch that game, but it'll be fun to start watching some more La Liga games as they approach. Um, one other thing to note while we're talking about Barca and sort of things happening, I just want to talk for a second about the hilarity of the contrasting re- news reports about Bernardo Silva. Oh, yeah. Because Barcelona sources are saying personal terms agreed to, but City won't take less than 100 mil for him, which I believe that City won't take less than 100 mil for him. But then City sources are saying nobody at Barcelona has even approached us about getting Bernardo Silva. And then other sources at City are saying, Bernardo Silva just bought a new house in Manchester. So I, I'm suffice it to say, I don't think Barca- Bernardo Silva is going to Barcelona right now. Frankly, I don't know how. I don't think City lets him go for, he's got three years left on this contract. I don't think City lets him go for less than 100 mil right now. And there's no way in hell that Barcelona have 100 mil. I don't mil. understand why they're like, oh, we're going to go out and buy more players. You don't have any money. I, I don't understand. Again, I me. do not understand the Barcelona situation, but I think Barca knows they can't spend 100 mil on them, so they were hoping that they'd get him for less than that, and City's like laughing in their face. Um, and also, maybe he just bought a new house in Manchester. Maybe. <laughs> which that's would definitely insider, seem to indicate... Uh, that's an insider Which would definitely seem to about, indicate... That's well, the city sources are like... Bernardo Silva just bought a new house in Manchester. He's not going anywhere. And I'm like, I don't know how you know he just bought a new house in Manchester, but okay. <laughs> like, oh man. Anyway, um, I just thought that was funny. That um, is funny. And we'll keep you updated if anything does actually change on that. But um, a couple of things from the from the Twitterverse that caught my eye. Um one is that I am feeling very validated once again um, in my opinions of several years ago that now other people are starting to agree with me on, which has happened to me in the past, most notably about Phil Foden when he first burst onto the scene and I was like, this kid's the fucking real deal. And everyone was like, he should go out on loan. Um, and he's, who the fuck cares about Phil Foden? And now everyone's like, oh, wow, he's the real deal. And I'm like, hmm, wonder who was saying that five years ago. Um, once again, I'm now starting to see some... Um, some people commenting on the statistic of a couple years ago when Van Dyke didn't get dribbled on. Oh, I remember that stat. Yeah, you remember that stat? Oh, I remember so that now, stat. I'm seeing all these videos. And by all these videos, I mean a handful of videos going, huh, would you look at this? No wonder he's never gotten dribbled on. He doesn't get close to the fucking offender. He lets them shoot. Maybe he's not a god of defending. And I'm like, huh, wonder who was fucking saying that three years ago. I do remember having this conversation with you like vividly when we like watched videos and we're like, what's he doing? I, I don't remember because when it was, but I remember that. It's literally how Crystal Palace scored. Yeah. Van Dyke just like ran next to him. Like 10 feet away. Huh? It's one and, way to like, until he stats, took a shot. Man. Until he took a shot. And score. So, my validation keeps keeps going on up. Thank you. 
um that you're really fanning my ego here and telling yeah, me she how really good doesn't I am. need that twitterverse <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> um so that's one thing that i've seen circling in the twitter sphere um another thing that again we've been talking about for ages is um the mbappe slander oh i saw this the mbappe <laughs> slander it's really coming full force is coming full force the he's got a bad attitude he's selfish yeah. he has no interest in improving he's never going to win any bond d'Ors in the french league and i'm like huh who was saying this two years ago on like the second episode of this podcast it really was we labeled one of these podcasts something to do with mbappe uh-huh so if you don't believe that we were saying this go back and listen to that episode his name's in the title i'm gonna look for it um yeah i mean it's funny it's like so... they gave him the reins to the club and now everyone's complaining about him uh-huh uh-huh and apparently him and neymar have got some beef that's like, that's what i saw was that there was beef between yeah. him and neymar which was then a and that and that messi and ramos yeah. are on team neymar yes yeah that's what i heard it's our hmm, let's go where is it where is where does she go um it's it's actually a couple episodes in. it's like it's, one can two, we compare three, mbappe to the greats four, february five, six, 20th 2021 seven. directly after phil Foden made katsu cry <laughs> <laughs> we used to label our episodes with numbers, but then we stopped doing that. Yeah. Or no, fine. the Mbappe one was just didn't have a number. We it's did fine. not do a very good job of consistency. At anyway, the beginning, but it's fine. all to be um, said is, is that is PSG going to be another shit show this year? Did we expect anything different? Nope. So anyway, suffice it to say, um, the, the takes that are going around Twitter are things that I've been saying for years or that we've been saying for years. So So we're just very smart. So moral of the story is y'all are behind the game yeah, and somebody should be paying us to get for up this to date. Shit. <laughs> Someone should be paying us for this shit. So the takes that you're hearing now in two years, you're gonna look back and be like, those two, those two American bitches, they were right. Wait, there was something and I don't remember what it was now, but it was just like this. Something was said and I was like, Yo, Kat and I said this like two years ago. And yeah, now everyone's something... listening to me. The false nine thing. Oh, it was the false the nine. The US thing. men's national team That's should maybe try out a false nine. It's like, huh, wonder who said that a year and a half ago. Maybe, Gosh. maybe people are listening to our podcast and because we're not like that big, they don't feel like it's bad that they steal all our uh, ideas. They steal our takes. Um, maybe someone should just hire us and pay us money to do this. Hey, anyone listening? We're kind of disorganized, hey, but we do do it. Hey, ESPNFC, we're out here. Yeah, but would they take two female podcasters on? I don't know. We know some of our what, what we're talking about. Anywho. Well, clearly we do because everyone else is agreeing with us <laughs> two years after that. So people talk, they finally <laughs> caught on. Everyone's finally caught um, on to how smart we are. I do Anywho. think that was um the 30 man woman short list for the ballon d'or it's 30 men 20 women oh sorry i didn't guess i didn't know that um hey came out last week i do not mm-hmm. have them pulled up but um 
I'm pulling Can it we up. Start with the women. Lana. We'll start with the women. Um, and then we'll talk about the men. Um, yeah, let me see if I can find. But I think that there are a couple of things that we want to talk about. There's one big thing for the men that we obviously do want to talk okay. about. But let's start with the women. Well, let's start with the women. Um, I'm just going to read them out and then we yeah. can talk. All right. Uh, Basha from Leon, Bomati from Barcelona, Millie Bright, uh, Lucy Bronze, Diani from PSG, Endler from Leon, Hegerberg. Uh, Katoto from PSG, Sam Kerr, Katarina Macario, uh, Beth Mead, Vivian Miedema, Alex Morgan, Lena Obedorf, um, Oshiola, Alex Pop, Alexia Puteas, Wendy Renard, Trinity Rodman, and Rolfo. Yeah. Um, so I know we both agreed on one big uh, missing person. On there this is one, I think, sort of mutually <laughs> agreed upon. Out. Or, and sort of like widely agreed upon snub from list, this list. Um, and that that being Kira Walsh. Um, he, Lucy Bronze herself said it on her Instagram story that she did not deserve it and that yeah. Kira Walsh should have been on the list. Yeah. Um, and it is it is pretty widely agreed that Kira Walsh is a, is a big, big snub. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're talking arguably the one of the most influential players if not the, the most noticeable, one of the most influential players in the women's Euro winning team. Yes. Of this year. And also ha- came off a very good year at City. Like she played, no, she had a great season. Club she season, had a great season, yeah. a club season. So this is a really, it's a big snub. I, I also think Leah Williamson is a pretty big snub. Yeah, I was upset like, about that one as an Arsenal she fan. Came off a, she that. came off a good season from Arsenal and also captained this yeah. Euro winning team. Yeah. Um, So I think, I think those are some, those are two of probably the most, in my opinion, those are those are the only two like really egregious, yeah, um, snubs. But um, in terms of who's gonna win, um, I think Puteas gets a knock from the fact that she didn't get to play at the Euros. I think Beth Mead gets the boost because of that. I'm not saying I agree. Beth her Mead all the way, but I'm I expect I expect. Her. I expect Beth Mead to be top three. I don't know if yeah. she'll win, but I yeah. do expect her to be I don't, top three. But I don't know if anyone would have even had her in the conversation as top three before the Euro. So I, agree. I would say that that really boosted her into, mm-hmm. into that discussion. Euros is also really sort of um, high on everyone's mind, which I think yeah. also gives, you know, Obador um, yeah. quite, a, quite a boost. Um, yeah. Who, not to be saying that she did not have a great season um, with Wolfsburg, but you know, I think her performance at Euros is, is definitely notable. I think yeah. I, I think maybe the top three um, for UEFA Women's Player of the Year is maybe a decent indicator of who might be top three. And that top three is Obador, uh, Puteas, and um, Beth Mead. Yeah. Um, and Which I would not be, not be I would not be surprised if that was also the Ballon d'Or top three. I honestly don't know. It's hard to say because I think most of these players either, they either had really good club seasons or they had really good Euro seasons, um, Euro performances. There are not very many players who had both incredibly notable club seasons and very notable Euro performances. I would say that Beth Mead maybe had the most equal, and I'm not only just saying this as an Arsenal fan, like she did have a very good season at Arsenal. She gets overshadowed yeah. by Midaba a lot, but I do yes. think that potentially the balance wise that might be there. 
but um, I would argue, I would argue Lena Obedorf had just as good of a season. I, I mean, exa- exactly. So, so I, I would not disagree with that. So but I, I mean, this, the standout players during this, this past year's season were more of your, I mean, I think Basha from Leon had such a good year yeah. for Leon this year. Like yeah. she was so good. Um, at, like, but I think, oh, there's another, um, Jenny Hermoso actually is a snub for this list too. That's um, a good point. That is a very good point. Yeah. I forgot about her. Also one that's probably, yeah, but um, like I think Katarina Macario had a really, really good club season, but obviously there's no off, there's no sort of international yeah, for her this summer. Um, yeah. Same thing with Puteas. Um, I think the question with that is will like Barcelona season that was so incredible. I think had Barcelona won the Champions League. Yeah, yeah we'd see Puteas win again. Yeah, I think that's true. For the second year in a row. Yeah. I think because Barca lost in the final, yeah. that gives an in. And that's not to say she's not going to win it. I wouldn't be shocked if it's she won it again. It's just not a sealed deal it's as just, much as I think had, I think, I think if they'd either won or if she'd played at Euros, oh, she'd yes. have won. Yeah. But because she was hurt and they lost that final, it opened the door for some other players. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think Lena Obedorf will win because I think she's too young, <laughs> which sounds bad. Yeah. I think, but I think in terms of when these are voted, but I think in terms of there, that is something that factors in like a little bit. Like, I think people think about that in the sense that like, I expect we will be talking about Lena Obedorf for a while for a, for a while yeah um she's 20 21 something like that 20 she's 20 or 21 i think she's 20 but she's be. so she's very young Point yes. she's very young um i also think that yeah i think that we're gonna see a lot of these these names on this list again next year except it's going to be predicated quite a bit on world cup performances next yeah year. of course yeah um, you know which obviously is going to open a wider audience obviously euros was the big was like the big thing that everyone was women's soccer yeah um so so we'll see i i honestly don't know that i have a specific prediction on who's gonna win i think it's hard because of those sort of splits and in timings of performances that we were just talking about um i guess personally it would be awesome if beth mead won but i not saying that that will happen i'm just saying yeah my hope my hope i do really like that trinity rodman is made this list yeah i mean Um, i think she's been having a really good season so far she is i think the only nwsl player alex morgan obviously is also an nwsl player but i'm gonna be honest i don't think alex morgan should be on this list um i would agree i think she's the first person i knock off for one of those people that we talked about being snubbed Uh, yeah absolutely Um, yeah but trinity rodman is i think Trinity Rotman, I think, is probably going to finish towards the bottom of this 20 because she's just so young and doesn't have the international sort of accolades yeah. to go with yeah. what she's done for the spirit yet. No, <laughs> I, oh, I mean, I, I mean, I also don't think that anyone should really be like, oh, oh no. why is she so low? Like, I think the achievement is getting I think her list. finishing 18, 19, 20th in the rankings is... I expect her to finish yeah. towards the bottom. Yeah. Um, but I think just making this list at all is is awesome for her. And yeah. I think it shows people are paying attention to her, which they should be. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Because definitely. I think she is 
she's, she's very, the real deal. She's the real deal. Um, and I think I'm hoping she, I'm hoping she gets her, her, her chance to shine at the world cup next summer. I hope so too. Um, I hope, um, I really I think, like her play. I've, I've, um, I haven't watched the NWSL, but the couple national team games I've watched and she's played. She is, she's, just she's a to delight watch. to watch. Yeah. yeah. She's just, yeah. she's very fun. Um, I would love to just see her and Katarina Macario set free. <laughs> Me too. I, that, that, <laughs> I would love that. I'd be like, let them yeah. run wild. <laughs> what can um, hope? Is, if anyone's listening to this, this is what we want. Um, so we will see who wins uh, that one, but let's uh, move on to the men. Okay, let's go. I'll read them out. Okay. Courtois, Salah, Rafael Leo, Nkuku, Kimmich, Alexander Arnold, Vinicius Jr., Bernardo Silva, Luis Diaz, Lewandowski, Riyad Mahrez, Casemiro, Son, Fabinho, Benzema, Mike Magnan. I said, I don't know who that guy is. Um, please excuse me. Um, Harry Kane. <laughs> Uh, Nunez, Foden, Mane, Sebastian Haller, Modric, Rudiger, Ronaldo, De Bruyne, Vlahovic, Van Dyke, Cancelo, Holland, and Mbappe. What name you may is have missing? noticed one name is missing in particular, and that would be by far the most talked about thing about this is yes. that Messi is not on this list. Yes. If you have any sort of common sense, you know that that's ridiculous. Um, yeah, yeah. I, he, I don't he's even in have, no way. I, I don't even this. have. There's no way no. he's winning this award, but I think he should. He be on should that not even be top list. three. But no. It, no. to argue that Lionel Messi, even at PSG, is not one of the best thirty players in the world, is ludicrous. Yes. Like, it is straight-up buffoonery. And I don't care what you have to say about it, because if you disagree with me, then you're stupid. <laughs> like, like, is he is he going to win? No. Absolutely not. No. Was he going to finish top three? No. No. <laughs> absolutely no. not. Is he not better? Is he better than at least half the people on this list? Yes. Yeah. Trent Alexander Arnold's on this list. Interesting. That is interesting because I thought Alexander Arnold did not have a particularly good year last year. Yeah. Um I wouldn't have thought that last season was what was what have gotten him on this list. Um not me. I just I just saw that name. I was I, I can't there's two guys from AC Milan on here. I don't really follow the Italian I know Rafael Leo. So I don't who's good. I, I mean, can't he's speak very good. super heavily to the AC Milan guys, so I wouldn't have placed him on this list, but also I don't watch Syria, so I, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna say they shouldn't be here. Um, uh, Kimmich, like, okay, I think he's good. Luis Diaz, I like, mean, he had a good second half of his season. He at had Liverpool. a good second half of his season, but what did he? What did he accomplish? He scored a handful of goals. Yeah, I don't he know. This just list. This list feels. Um, weird like I couldn't here's the other thing here's the other thing that enrages me other than the messy thing the fact that Fabinho is on here and Rodri is not that's unhinged 
if you're really out here thinking Fabinho is better than Rodri, let alone had a better performance last year. Genuinely, I'm concerned for you. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what? If they were both on here, whatever. Yeah. But for Fabinho to be on here and Rodri to be not, like, y'all just never watch City. Yeah. Like, it's... And... (sighs) That one, true. That one gets me. That one gets me. Nunez also, like, did he really like much like Luis Diaz? Did he really do enough to say he's in the best thirty players in the world? I don't know. I like. I don't know because I, I wasn't watching them in the first part of like I wasn't watching. Him I think last that's argu- But I think that's arguable. Like, I think you can make arguments about that. Yeah. Um, okay. Who else do I have a problem with? Um, I don't know. I just am like, what? It's not a bad list. I think that it's a more diverse list of teams, Here's... leagues overall, which I don't mind. I don't mind that either, but I think that, like, there's some adi- some people that are on it and a couple of people that are not on it that don't make any sense to me. Yes, I would agree. And I am sort of well known as not like Riyad Maros is not my favorite player. <laughs> no. <laughs> I res- I respect him because he scores some clutch goals for City and I don't Every time he serves we hate on him he purpose. does something that's good. Yes, he serves a specific purpose. I think he's settled in. And and I respect the fact that it seems like he's happy with what his role is at City. I yes. respect that. Yeah. However, he's not better than Messi. No, but I also don't he's know if not he better, he's better than he's Messi. He's not better. I don't think he would. He's not better than Rodri. He's a significantly less important part of the team of Manchester City than Rodri is. Yeah. That's what I just don't really understand. I just understand. don't understand. It doesn't really make sense. I, like, don't really get how these lists I are... don't know either. I was about to ask and, that. And, Do we and, know how they're chosen? Because they're not voted on. And um, what's-his-name isn't on here either? Ruben Diaz. Who I think it's fair to say had a better season than Virgil Van Dyke last year. Yeah, I don't know how they do. Do they like care about position? How do they? I don't really get how they do this. They're voted, right? I think it's well. I know that the winner is so I think by the French, like I think the all French the votes press. are in already, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. the votes are all in already. They already know who won. Oh, so P- oh, I didn't know. Right, they like knew. they just this is the top thirty ranked. We just don't know what order they're in. Right, oh, like that's probably they true. already know what. Oh, oh, I right. think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that would make the most well, sense. I don't, or or maybe they rank them and they re-vote for the top. Yeah, but 30. how I don't would know, they? But that doesn't make sense if they how, because how do they rank them? So they should probably. Right. Well, I don't know if they it. vote once or they like submit people and then they do the top We've thirty and then they go to the top thirty. The I don't voting know. system for the Ballon d'Or. Yes, but I think this so. like. Messi just the messy thing really gets me like I just don't understand how he's not in your t- in anybody's top 30 players in the world 
I think he left Barcelona and he became less less prominent. I say that with air quotes around it because like not but it's really, not like everyone's think still that that's not talking about him all the time. But I think but I think these votes are not only on I'm gonna watch all the games and I'm gonna judge. I think it's it's like also, who am I hearing about? Like included. It, I don't really know, but I think that's and I think like and I think like if I remember correctly, I think Ronaldo and Messi's stats for last year are fairly similar. Yeah, I, I don't know them off the top of my head. I don't either, but if I remember a graphic I saw. And maybe it wasn't Ronaldo, but it was somebody, one or two players on the list that had basically the same stats as Messi. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's sort of like the way that they talked about Ronaldo in sort of like, yeah, Man U was a mess. So Ronaldo scoring goals sometimes won them games because Man U was such a shit show. Whereas like Messi and PSG are in a different scenario and so Messi's goals don't seem to mean as much well I think that's true but that's also because you're in league one yeah but like I just don't it feels weird it feels weird um I just don't understand how you could make a legitimate argument that Messi's not still in the top 30 best players in the world yeah I don't think you, I don't see how you can make a legitimate argument that, in my opinion, the greatest player of all time, but definitely one of the, one I of think the, unanimously yeah. one of the greatest yeah. players of all time, who is still playing and has fallen off significantly less than Ronaldo. And yeah. if you don't think that's true, you're just not paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they've both declined, but Ronaldo has declined more yes, than Messi has. I would has. agree with that. Yeah. That he's not still among, I it just, it just baffles me. I, I just don't know. Like, it just doesn't. It don't sit right. And I said, and I said to somebody when this happened, it might have been to you. I can't remember. Um, um, that with a, this being a World Cup year, this is the kind of thing that now Messi's gonna be pissed as fuck. Oh yeah, you said this to me, and but he's gonna pop off. Yeah, like. This all anytime Messi gets snubbed, whether it's by someone in the press or an award or whatever, he pops off. Yeah. And I would not be shocked if he saves that pop off for the World Cup. Yeah, it'll be very fun to see. I think um those vote will be in before then. So Oh yeah, it's on October 17th. Yeah. So, so we're gonna know. <laughs> Um, it's going to be pretty soon. I, th- but... I think the one thing, and then we can discuss who we think is going to win, because I think that we all know who's going to win. But um, I think it's interesting for, just for the men compared to the women. The men, there was no big international tournament, really, mm-hmm. factoring yeah. in this year. So, like, really, I mean, like, I don't think anyone's looking at the Nations League as, like... Yeah, I agree. Um, whatever. So I think that it's really coming down to club champions league which is is different than what it normally tends to be yeah and i think it's going to be interesting because next year's bond or for both men and women will have both world cups in it yep yeah so because we'll the men's world cup is so late it's yeah. gonna have both yeah so um, that's gonna be interesting do you want to think um i think everybody knows who should win the bond or and who we all expect to win the bond or and that would be ben's mom yes um yeah. It would, I don't think anybody can really argue that he should not win the Bondor. I don't really think there is a single argument you can make. No. Um, 
Who do you think? I, I want, mean, top three? I want, De Bruyne? I expect De Bruyne to be in the top three. Yeah. I, um, would, I, would, I would. I believe the UEFA top three is Benzema, De Bruyne, and Mbappe. Um, Interesting. If Mbappe is in the Bond or top three, that is 100% French reporter bias. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, again, much like the women, I would not be shocked if it was the same top three. I think, frankly, Courtois should get yeah. top three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think I'd the top three should goal, be Benzema, yeah. Courtois, and, and De Bruyne. De Bruyne, yeah. And I mean, Benzema fully deserves it. He had yeah, I, one I, legendary season. Absolutely. <laughs> off to him, man. He and was and as both a Kevin De Bruyne fangirl and a Real Madrid hater. I still don't have any arguments no. why Benzema shouldn't have no. been so long. Door. Um, but per usual, it'll be fun to watch and track it. And uh, once the results I, come yeah. out, we will. Discuss. I think, unlike, yeah, I think, unlike the women's side, I think that there's a number of people who could win the women's Bond or, and it would not be a travesty if anybody other than. Benzema wins the men's ball door it will have been a snub yes a big time big time snub. yeah and I don't think and I mean he will he'll get the French reporter bias too so we're gonna be fine um I don't know the French like weirdly don't like them wait that's actually true we're not gonna get into that but I actually heard that too we'll get we'll only get into that if he doesn't win if he doesn't win we'll discuss we'll circle back we'll circle back to this but but hopefully that won't happen um yes (laughs) I, I just don't see how he could not win. No. But I don't know. It's um, the same way that the year that they didn't hold the bond or it was so clearly Lewandowski's. And that will forever be like a travesty. Yeah. That he didn't. That he didn't. They win. didn't hold it and that they year. Just when it give so it to clear. him. Like every, they should like, just, every they single should, person. Everyone agrees. knows that the they 2020 sh- bond or was Lewandowski. Yeah. Everybody's going to be like a blank and people are just going to write Lewandowski into the yeah, thing. Every, but it's going to be the kind of thing where like people talk about, oh, the 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 late, this period of, of soccer. And they're going to be like, well, who who didn't win a bond or? And it's like, everyone's going to be like, well, Lewandowski should have won the COVID bond or yeah. when, they, when they didn't hold it. He's who should have won. Yeah. Um, but I think this is the first time sort of since, I mean, it's only two years later, but I think much like it was very clearly Lewandowski's that year, it is very clearly Benzema's this year. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we will, it will be interesting to see what happens. We will come back obviously when it does. Um, but that's all we've got for this week. Um, and we're looking forward to next week discussing more games and any other drama that will most likely appear within the next seven days. I'm sure something nuts will happen in the next week. Probably, because it's the world of football and anything can happen. True that. All right, we'll talk to you next time. See ya. That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.